0: I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I wanna welcome you to my podcast, From Crisis to Connection. Each week on this podcast, my guests and I will give you and your loved ones resources and tools to heal from the crises of infidelity, pornography, abusive behaviors, and betrayal trauma. But we also talk about how to build and maintain healthy connection in your most important relationships. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're here. in today's episode we welcome back lisa valentine clark it's a real thrill to have her back perhaps you remember the previous episode where we interviewed her lisa is the comedian actor writer director author and currently the host of the lisa show on byu radio and just a fabulous human being we're just so thrilled to have her back on the show in the previous episode she talked about her story her incredible story where she and her husband were going along with their lives just fine writing producing directing acting and doing you know life with their five kids and all of a sudden he contracted the disease ALS Lou Gehrig's disease which there is no known cure it's terminal and he suffered with that disease for a number of years until he passed in July or June of 2020 so he passed away a couple of years ago and in that time both of them Went through uh, incredible ups and downs, roller coaster of grief and loss, and confronting this reality of life without Christopher. But what's so interesting about it is that both of them were committed to using humor and their gifts of connecting with others and talking openly and reducing the fear and the shame and some of the, the weirdness around all these things that happen with something so unprecedented for their family. And both of them have left this incredible legacy for not only their family, but also uh, for anyone else who's dealing with grief and loss. And Lisa has spoken very publicly about this experience, about her journey, and it's been well-documented in a BYU devotional that she delivered, and she's been on multiple podcasts, and she's written about it in BYU Magazine. And there's just a lot of great things that she teaches about how to navigate this process of grief and loss with humor, with faith, with connection. Today, we wanted to invite her back on the show to continue this discussion. We wanted to talk about the context of interpersonal betrayal. One of the blessings that she had in going through this experience with her husband is that they have a fabulous marriage, they were very connected and supportive of one another. And She talks openly about their relationship and, of course, the incredible loss and hole she now experiences not having him around, but this was not interpersonal betrayal. So many of you and so many people who listen to this podcast have been impacted directly or indirectly by interpersonal betrayal, betrayal trauma, intimate betrayal, and dealing with that in terms of humor and faith and laughter and goodwill. That is a lot more challenging when we're dealing with interpersonal betrayal because we don't have that partner to join with us and do that work. And so it can be a lot more tricky and it can feel a lot more devastating and heavy. And so we invited Lisa back on the podcast to talk more in detail about what she's experienced with that, not only in her own life, but in working with others, talking with others, friends and loved ones who have gone through these things. And what's so interesting is that as you listen to this interview, you'll see that there are so many parallels to the grief and loss process. And the good news is, is that regardless of where the loss comes from, regardless of what kind of betrayal you're dealing with, we all are going to feel some level of unfairness and betrayal, deep grief and loss, and the ways of dealing with it are so varied. And the good news is, is that we can heal and that we can find community and that we can find even laughter and joy in moments of despair. And there's lots of ways to cope and deal with this loss. We just really admire and appreciate Lisa and her willingness to talk so openly about this and then just who she is and just her wisdom and her goodness and her humor. It was just a real thrill and privilege for both of us to spend more time with her. So let's jump into the first part of our interview with Lisa Valentine Clark. Well, Lisa, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me again. No, it's a treat for us to have you back.
0: So last time we were talking about dealing with grief and loss, using humor and the place for humor, and the context was around your story, around your husband passing away and just you know, your own ability and his ability to cope with, and your family's ability to cope with this tremendous loss using humor. And, and I want to shift gears and talk about some of these same coping strategies, which are so important, but in the context of betrayal. Obviously, in in your situation, we weren't dealing with you weren't dealing with an interpersonal betrayal. It was something that was completely out of both of your control. But when a lot of the, my audience, a lot of our audience here mm-hmm. and a lot of the couples I work with in my practice, are dealing with grief and loss from an interpersonal relationship, whether it's a marriage or a friendship or family member, and none of that feels like they can wrap their head around any like using humor or any levity or anything. It just all feels so dark and heavy and impossible. And so I'd like to to shift the context over to that for our discussion today, if we can. Yeah. because uh, I think that's a lot, a lot. Maybe it's maybe there's a lot of parallels and similarities and it'll be fun to explore what those are. But I think there's also some differences. Cause I think somebody listening to your story with what you went through with your husband might feel like, well, that doesn't apply to me because they got along great. They had a good marriage. How does this apply? Uh, in this other area. So I'd love to just throw this out at least with some, for some initial thoughts from you in terms of what you feel like some of the differences are in your experiences, whether it's been in your own life or with friends or loved ones.
2: Well, I, I appreciate what you're saying. And and I I I feel like fundamentally, when you're going through the worst experience of your life, no matter what it is, you don't want to hear about other people's worst experiences and how you should be grateful or how, you know, it could be worse. Because totally. the worst thing that ha- has happened to you is the worst thing that has happened to you. And I think that's a, a lot of times we prolong our suffering and our grief because we somehow want to rank, you know, how bad we have it or-, or how it hurts. And it's just not helpful. You just have to feel it, right? Like, and acknowledge that this is awful and it's not what I wanted and I had a better plan for my life and now everything is different. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the commonality, right? Whether you're talking about like a betrayal situation or a death or whatever it is, to not compare your worst with someone, what you think someone else's worst is, right? Because we never really know what the other person is going through and it just doesn't matter. But what does matter is is that we all know what grief and loss and pain feels like for each other, right? We don't have Mm -hmm. to compare it to each other. But I do think that it is helpful just to be able to sort of honor that in other people to say, that's horrible. And I'm so sorry that happened. And yeah, now everything's different. And isn't it awful? And just being able to acknowledge that is just something that, you know, when I was going through what I found, I just wanted to be with people who would just let me say, this is awful and didn't try to sort of, you know, rush me through it, whether it was with humor or with, uh, you know, platitudes or even, you know. Coping mechanisms or whatever, just to like, that's the starting place, I think, for all of us, right? Like to acknowledge that these are horrible things that we didn't choose, that, that we feel like happened to us, and now what? You
1: know? Mm-hmm. I love that. It seems like it, it levels the playing field a little bit, that instead of looking at a betrayal circumstance like, yeah, that should never have happened, then it's just, I mean, really, in terms of grief and loss and sadness, it's all pretty much the same, just, you know, varying circumstances and maybe different tasks required, but yeah. navigating all of that is this, the the depth of feeling and the confusion and yeah. the monumentalness of it is similar across difficult circumstances.
2: I do. And, you know, not to get all, uh, you know, deeply philosophical about it, but it's just the human condition, isn't it? And we're all mm. faced with it at different times in our lives of like what it means to be human, of like, you know, you come into this world by yourself, you die alone by yourself. Like the sort of like dark, you know, you've got to make peace with you and yourself. That the only thing that you can control is that, is that you're you get to choose your reaction to that kind of to anything that happens in life. And so it's a particular, I think, you know, devastation and betrayal when you feel like you've found that person that has made going through life with, you know, less lonely, less, you know, disconnected. And that for whatever reason, whether it's betrayal or death, that you lose that sort of connection. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I just, I don't think that I can like really like overstate like how disorienting that is and how devastating that is. And so that's a, th- a thread that even if you know, we haven't gone through the same situation, you know, that you have to, everyone at some point in their life really needs to come to terms with. And it's an awful, like lonely feeling. And, and so, you know, moving forward from that, a lot of the, I think the, you know, the different coping mechanisms or ways that we get through that vary from, you know, situation to situation, but the principles are the same. Okay. So now what are you going to do? right? So now what? Yes. And there are some people who are like, I want to be mad and I want to be sad about why this happened or how this happened. And, you know, and some people never get out of that phase and some mm-hmm. people like living there. And whether it's again, death, betrayal, you know, loneliness, whatever it is, and kind of and seek their new identity there. But I, and some people are like, okay, well now everything's different. And now I'm going to now I have to really go back to who I am and what I want and how I want to live my life. And, and a lot of people will talk about it in phases of like, you know, chapter one, and now I'm living chapter two. Okay. And I'm turning the page. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that I'm over it or that like I've, you know, conquered it, but I, as I'm moving forward, time keeps marching on whether you want it to or not. So you get to decide who you want to be and how you want to show up and, you know, in that condition.
0: Yeah, I love this because I, I think I know. For me, I work and and breathe and live in this you know betrayal world. I work with couples in crisis every day, and a lot of the times the trajectory for you know books that people read or the counsel that they're given or just the sort of the normal arc that you see with people that are going through betrayal and loss interpersonally looks it looks pretty similar for a lot of people. And a lot of the times they feel like that should be their path. But I I love talking. About this from a different angle, you know, where your story isn't that, but a lot of the parallels are so similar. And I mean, you you could absolutely treat your situation as a betrayal, where you could look at it and maybe you know you, you would feel it that way. Sometimes
2: it feels like that, though,
0: right? Like this Sometimes, isn't fair. Yeah, like God should have whatever. And you I mean, left. it can.
2: You left me, you know. Yeah. And Yeah, he died, and he didn't want to die, and he didn't want to <laughs> suffer. And then I feel guilty for feeling that way, but it feels like well, you just left me to just like live out the rest of my life. What about our plans? What about our kids? What about our life? What about all the sacrifices that, you know, I made for your health or for your your dreams? You know, it feel, and then you can't be mad because you just, I just think about this person who was so kind and was so like, well, I don't want to go, but I'm <laughs> this terminal disease. And I, you know, and I don't know what the parallel with betrayal is other than like, you know, I made, this mistake, or I want to be a different person, or you know, there's there are things, and it doesn't even matter necessarily. I think what the reason is, it just feels like you are the one that is left to do all the hard work, and and so that feels so lonely because yeah. you know the, the deal was, hey, we were going to do this together, right? Mm-hmm. That's the common thing. Like we agreed that we were going to do life together. You know, you see all of this stuff, you know all the time that weddings and it, and social media and stuff of like, you know, I can't wait to grow old with you. And I can't wait to, you know, to go through life with you and all of that giving that up is not, does not feel good. Oh yeah. And it, I don't think it matters what the reason is. You can't escape that not feeling great. It feels right.
0: Bad. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's horrible. Yeah. And, yes. and, and there's this, there's this sense that you all of a sudden have like a new like responsibility and job that you didn't ask for and that you you didn't sign up for. And so I I see this with a lot of the betrayed partners that come into my office. They're just like, I'm now having to pay for counseling, get a babysitter, sit here and take time off work or take time out of my schedule, read a bunch of books I didn't want to read. And like the list goes on and on and on. And it just feels so deeply unfair that they're all of a sudden having to do this.
2: Yeah. And it is unfair. And I can relate to that too. It's like, Wait, so I took care of him like as you know, he was dying and I was a caregiver and I did a good job and then he died? Like that's my reward. (laughs) Like I did a really good job of taking care of him and then he died. Like being a caregiver for four and a half years, I I kept thinking, oh, if I can just make him comfortable, you know, he'll he'll live longer. And I do think that he lived longer because he got some great care, but he still passed away. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's like No, now I have, and and now I have more work. Now I got to take care of the lawn and take care of the house and work full time and parent and deal with all my own stuff and then be lonely. Like it it, it is not, it is, it is fundamentally not fair. And I think that's where, I mean, you know, the whole, just being able to just stick to the facts (laughs) of what the situation is, is quite funny because I do think that the humor comes in, into like, when things are so ridiculous. And you're just saying the facts of like what you have to do and what your life is like and why. I mean, it is funny because it's so like ridiculous.
0: Like, can you believe yeah, this? Absurd. Right? Can
2: you imagine this. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, yeah. it is. Like, uh, so yeah, there it is, and there you find it. And so, like, I mean, I want to be very clear. Like, I don't think humor solves that or solves anything, but it does make those little moments in between. The, living with the injustice of it all a little bit better, right? Mhm Like yeah I know the pull and the draw. it's very seductive to honor the tragedy, you know what I mean, and sort of fall yes. in love with that. like I get it because I'm kind of a dramatic person, so I get like being the I should probably still be wearing black and a big long lace veil <laughs> so everybody knows I'm a widow you know. What I mean? <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. It feels like so, like, it's like a, you're putting on a character, you're playing a different part of yourself, and you just want people to know, like, I'm suffering, right? Like, I get the draw of that, but like, yes. living in that place is just prolonging your own suffering. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, is that you didn't do anything to, like, what's done is done, right? And it is unfair. And so you can't go back and try to, like, fix it. You can't you can only move forward, but there is that seduction just to stay put and just wallow in it and get attention. And, and I, that's something we don't talk about. I think a lot like in that of like Mm. the, yes, I was the one that was betrayed or I was the one that was left, you know, that there is this like weird thing where if that becomes your identity, that can really, I feel like stunt your growth as a human. I feel like it's not real. I feel like it's, but yet it's such a draw, but it is such a draw. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help your partner. It doesn't help your kids, but you get a lot of attention for it. Right. And when you're so lonely, then sometimes you want attention for that. And so it's, that's when you have to like go, I think to the work of like, well, who am I? Who do I want to be? I don't want to be that. I want to be, you know, I've got talents, I've got interests, I've got hobbies, I've got friends. Like I want, that's when you sort of lean into that and when you need help from other people to be able to like sort of shake yourself out of that. And I think humor is a great way to ask for help.
1: Oh, man. That's fantastic. Say say more about that. I want to understand more because you do understand the tragedy so well. Like let's hear how you've been able to bridge bridge the gap between that, you know, wallowing in the tragedy, which we, yeah, the draw for that is, can be well, intense. It's,
2: it's a fine line. Cause you got to feel your feelings, right? You can't yeah. stop and be like, Oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then suffer in silence, but you can't just always like air your dirty laundry and sort of live in that space and have that be your identity. So it's really, really hard. And I have like not done it very well, but I've just kind of like, I don't know. Is this how it, like when somebody says, well, how are you? And you've been in your head all morning and you've been sobbing, but you're like at work and you're like doing it. You don't know how to answer that question, honestly. Yeah. Cause you want to connect. And so you want to be vulnerable. You want to be like, I'm okay. <laughs> Seems like the best answer. <laughs> but I have noticed that if I just say the facts that it's funny and people laugh, whether I want them to or not, like you know, mm. like I haven't seen somebody for a really long time, like maybe before the pandemic, which is when my husband passed away, you know, and they're like, oh, my gosh, how are you? And I'm like, you mean other than like caring for my terminally ill husband and then burying him during a global pandemic so no one could go to the funeral and then helping my children grieve? You mean other than that or like, <laughs> is, that, is that what you mean wow. like, you asking about that? Or are you asking <laughs> about like, my job's going great? You yeah. know." <laughs> You know, we're living a really great age of good TV. So I'm really happy about that. You know, like because all of those things are true. And that's how I I love it. And so it cuts the ice. But more than anything, I'm not doing it to make the other person. I'm doing it to make the other person, I'm sure, feel comfortable. Like, like, let's just.
0: We can talk about this. We
2: can talk about this. But also, like, I'm in a good place to talk about this right now. Right. Yeah. If I weren't, and if I were having a day yeah, and we all have that, then I would probably not make eye contact with that person. I would probably be like, it's good to see you. Yeah. You know, and I would yeah. probably, and I, I would do that. But when I can do that, when I can crack it open and just say like, this is my life. I know like you feel sorry for me, but don't feel sorry for me. Like, let's just be regular friends and not make it weird. But that's a way that I have found to do that.
0: Yeah. And I think that that works in almost any application if you've got someone you can go there with. And I, it's funny because I've I've had those similar conversations with clients in my office where they feel safe, they know I'm I'm there for them. And we've had very similar conversations where they'll they'll just lay out the absurdity of their situation now that, you know, post betrayal or post loss or whatever <laughs> it is. And the humor in it of course is that it's so starkly different than like how their life was before or what they thought it would be. And like jokes on us, right? Like we thought we were in control. And I mean, that stuff is just the human condition and we all can relate. And it is funny. I mean, really like it's it's
2: funny. Being a human being is funny. It's funny because we, and I find myself still doing this. We still think we're in control. We still make plans. We still say, Oh yeah. Like in five to 10 years, I'm going to do this and that. And I think, I guess we probably still should. Like, I have <laughs> hope, I think, but like, I just do it with less confidence. Like, I yeah. just think, well, I mean, I'll probably do this, but you know, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of move forward. But then, you know, and, and I don't know if it's the same thing, like with betrayal, but it certainly is with like a death that there is this sense of none of us knows how much time we have. Let's try to enjoy the time and try to like honor like the things that really matter in life, you know. I because that's a benefit that I was able to see this great man like die, right? And so I saw the totality of his life, and one of the benefits of that was to see the impact, you know, kind of uh, in a very intimate way, the impact of his life on other people from an outsider's perspective. And so I remember this like rush, this feeling soon after he died of thinking, Oh, none of us knows how much we have time we have. We've got to make it count. We've got to make this count. We've got to make this count. And part of that was just me realizing and re sort of committing myself to like people in relationships matter so much more than things and stuff and plans and ideas. And like, it's all about love. Chris used to say to me, like, it's all about love, like how we treat each other and how we interact and even those like seemingly like small interactions that we have with each other, like those things matter. And so when I was, and still, when I still feel like sort of sorry for myself and like lonely and disconnected and like, this isn't how I planned life. I still do remember there is still that power of those relationships, right. And the way that we interact and even mm-hmm. if it's small and small, and it's just like one a day, like it counts, it matters. Cause I saw that it counted and it mattered with Chris. So I mm-hmm. saw it in a different way. So now I don't underestimate that. And I'll tell you, that gives you a little boost. You know, if you can have a fun conversation with somebody and make them laugh or they make you laugh or you just like really saw each other and were honest, even if it's just like a real honest interaction for like five minutes, like it counts. It matters. And that can get you out of bed in the morning. And that can get mm-hmm. you going when you're like, what does it all mean? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it means. Like that's meaningful. So just hold on to that and then just keep going you know and i think that could get you through like i'm just thinking of my friends who've been through betrayal and that kind of betrayal trauma of like how do you even trust anything or move forward how do you even know like when it's not fair like that stuff still matters and sort of hanging on to that i think is how people have like made great meaning with their lives
0: yeah and that's a really good point that's one of the first interventions that that i do as a therapist when i'm working with people who have been severely betrayed is it's kind of like the Mr. Rogers saying, right? Look for the helpers. Like you look for safe people. You look for people that aren't going to come unbolted from the ground and, you know, make your life more chaotic. And yeah. sometimes that's just a therapist. Sometimes that's, yeah. you know, it could be a family member or a friend, but someone that has never moved out of place. And that's, I mean, th- those become lifelines. And so, and in those relationships, you know, you can move in between like, like having the, the more intense, heavy loss and grief conversations and then the absurd conversations and then yeah. and then just the normal news, weather and sports conversations. Okay. But the human connection is the common thread there, that yeah. the sense that you're seen, you're connected, you're witnessed, you're you're breathing, you're together, you're not alone in this. And man, you can't put a price on that. It is just so incredibly important.
2: And you don't have to go that deep with everyone, right? Like as long as you have your your people and you can do it, that's okay. And then it takes the pressure off so that you can have different kinds of relationships because not everybody's going to be able to show up with up for you in that way, and that's okay. You know, it's not like are you on my side or not? Like are you on my team? It's like there's lots of people, there's lots of offerings. As long as you have two or three, I think people that you can be like. Oh my gosh, let me tell you exactly how I'm feeling and what happened today. You'll never believe it. Then I think you're going to be okay. And in fact, I don't think you should like share everything with everybody all the time. You've got to sort of like protect that part of you. And, um, and you know, when you lose like the person who's supposed to be it for you, right? Like Mm -hmm. number one and, and lose that, like that is unmooring. It's very unsettling. It, 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 it's very confusing and, um, Mm -hmm. And so those people become even more important and it's okay. And it's just paramount that, that you're able to like connect with them in a different way. And, um, and I, and I think that that's the way to do it. And, you know, we started this conversation talking about humor and I was thinking about sort of the value that it plays in my life, but sometimes it, it's, it's like I think of it as sort of a percentage of my life or as percentage, percentage of my day. I know that grief demands attention for me. Like, you know, it's been two years since my husband passed and I know that I don't have to put it on the calendar to remember to grieve, right? Like, it's just going to come usually when I don't see it coming. So, that's fine. That's taken care of. I can say it in my brain of like, don't worry, it will demand its time, but filling up more of my day and more of my life with like better, um, I think better uses of my time or like more positive, you know, interactions. Like, I mean, grief has its purpose, right? It's connected to love and, and it, and and it, you know, I don't think it's bad, but um, it, it is necessary. But, just like any other emotion it it needs to be in its proper place um and so i try to generate and this is where i put my work into of you know using you know humor and funny being around like my funny friends and and putting things into my body whether it's through reading or tv or movies or other media and stuff that adds to it and doesn't just take away
0: This concludes the first part of our interview with Lisa Valentine Clark. You can learn more information about Lisa and listen to her podcast called The Lisa Show on the website, thelisashowpodcast.com on BYU Radio. We want to thank Lisa for joining us. We're excited to finish up the interview with her next episode. In the meantime, you can also visit Crisis2Connection.com where you can find past episodes of this podcast. We're also very active on social media and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the show, feedback you might have, requests. Thank you so much for listening every single week. We'll catch you in the next episode. We will complete our interview with Lisa Valentine Clark.